I am a little sniffly today because I'm cold. You brought that sickness, in the sickness to my house. I'm down with the sickness. All right. Well, I'm. So, oh fuck! I almost just said I'm Cecilia. I'm. I'm Ash. I'm Cecilia. You're listening to Maze of Horror. Intro music. Welcome, welcome. Obviously, it's we do this on like we so far we've been doing it on a regular interval, but it just seems longer and longer between each time we record because so much happens all the time. Yeah, I was gonna say, but it has been the same amount of time, right? Two. It's been two weeks. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Why is there so much things going on? Well. For me, it's because I started my new job and I've been like training and doing things. Right. And I've actually left my house for the first time. Cecilia has an excuse. I haven't left the house in <laughs> days beyond like going to Hy-Vee. Good, because we are still. <laughs> yeah, I know. I yeah. I just mean like, time feels fake. Like when the weather was nice, at least I would go out and like disc yeah. golf or something. Yeah. And now it's like dark at four thirty. Now it's dark at four thirty, and all I want to do is lay in my bed and listen to like fucking emo music from two thousand eight. Oh, love that! I have a playlist for that as well. <laughs> no, my dad actually a couple years ago bought me a sun lamp that's supposed to like give off like vitamin D sun stuff. The D. Vitamin D, and so I have that on, so I don't get too sad. My method for self-care has been listening to top 100 anime openings on Spotify. Oh, good. Can you speak Japanese yet? No. I mean, I recognize some words just because I'm a fucking weeb, but I cannot speak any Japanese. I have not really watched an anime recently. I am deeply clinging to every Friday when Haikyuu updates. (laughs) Okay, I tried. Okay, my attention span is at the point where I can't watch it like with subtitles because like i have to be doing something else fucking fake fan yeah um and haikyuu is one of those that i like cannot stand the dub like it's so annoying and so i'm like if i'm gonna watch the show i have to actually like commit to sit and like stare at the screen and i can't do that for these little volleyball boys that i'm sure are very good they're very good the power of friendship, power of friendship. i fucking love every single one of them There's... are they gay i don't know fans want them to be fans want them to be that's all i know from it <laughs> like the snippets of people that are like uh, like i genuinely thought when i first saw some of the fan art that they were like there was like a canon gay couple or that it was like whatever and then i was just like no it's just another fucking isn't that every anime though the fans just want them to be gay Um, which is valid there's a lot of homoeroticism in anime yeah especially the sports anime it's like free all over again this is very much not free though haikyuu i feel like good because they are teenage boys and that always made me really uncomfortable yes. and free <laughs> anyway anyway i don't know how to segue from anime to our topic is just uh, like the despair you feel when you're 14 episodes into an anime we've reached that level of despair with this week's topic um we're talking about banned films yeah any film that has been banned in a country or <clears throat> god damn in a country or just you didn't warm up enough no i didn't also i'm drinking coffee which like doesn't help yeah so it's either from like a specific country or just you know they had to cut a bunch of stuff for it to get released and just in general just really spooky scary fucked up stuff spooky scary fucked up stuff yeah that's what we're about mm-hmm. so we each 
assigned ourselves too many fucking movies. And then a couple of actual research topics. Should we, like, start with, like, the actual research so, like, we have, like, a a foundation of understanding? Yes, let's build this together. Together, we're building this house of nasty. House of nasty. Yeah, so I think you should go first, because yours... Mine are nastier? Your... No, save the nastiest for last. Gross. I just think yours, I don't know, it's like a good... Yeah, mine is more, like, baseline info, so I I guess my topic of research, quote-unquote, and when we say research, we always mean very loosely... We googled it. ...was, like, snuff versus exploitation, because you kind of see that a lot with these band movies, specifically the ones that we chose, it's like... Are they a snuff film? Are they exploitation? Yeah. How are they different from one another? So I literally Googled the definitions because why not throw it back to like seventh grade yeah. paper writing? So snuff is defined as a pornographic movie of an actual murder, oh. whereas exploitation is a film intended to attract an audience by means of its sensationalist or controversial context. Ooh. Ooh. So I guess the biggest distinction between what makes something a snuff film and what makes something an exploitation film is that when it's an exploitation film, you're going into it with the explicit understanding that it's fictionalized. Yeah. And a snuff film, you're meant to believe that it's real. Mm-hmm. Or is real. Or I is real. I, I mean... I don't I don't think it's anything you're gonna find on like just the internet. Right. It's not like you're not gonna find a snuff film, but... It's like dark web shit. Dark web shit or like... Um, I'm thinking of the like the Ken and Barbie killers. Do you know who they yeah, are? Yeah, uh, Hamolka. I don't remember their first yeah, names. Yeah, that bitch. Um, <laughs> they like they recorded videos of themselves killing people. So right. those tapes would be snuff films. Yes, if those tapes got out to the public and they were yeah. like circulated amongst people, that would be considered yeah. a snuff film. Yeah. So the first known use of the term snuff movie in terms of like cinema was used in 1971 by a guy named Ed Sanders. He wrote a book called The Family, the story of Charles Manson's dune buggy attack battalion. Oh. And in this book, I guess he alleges that the family, the Manson family was involved in like making films so that they could, I guess they were involved with the entertainment industry in California as a means to record their murders. Other film professors, Boaz Hagen. I don't know anything about these people because I am not a film. A film. A film per se. Um, But this guy, Boaz Hagen, he said that the concept of snuff films originated decades earlier than we commonly kind of think about snuff films coming into existence. Um, He says as early as like 1907, there was a Polish-French writer called Guillaume Apollinaire. French listeners, correct my pronunciation. The French? Le French. Uh, Published a short story called A Good Film. About a photojournalist who stage and film a murder due to public fascination with crime news. Oh, God. Now that I'm thinking of it, like, really early film, who was the one that, like, electrocuted that elephant? It was, like... I'm sorry? Tesla or... Oh, yeah. To show off, like, electricity. It was somebody. Um, so that's, like, an animal snuff film. That's fucked up, too. That that is fucked up, buddy. That is pretty (laughs) fucked up, pal. There is another one that this guy Hagen mentions. mentions. Uh, he mentions a film called Network from 1976, um, which contains an explicit, albeit fictional, snuff film depiction when television news executives orchestrate the on-air murder of a news anchor to boost ratings. Hmm. Which is like, 
1976 feels like yeah it would have been a wild concept and 2020 it feels like it could be a real thing yeah that yeah accurate so then a couple of movies or films that are considered snuff films versus exploitation films would be like one of the movies that i watched which was guinea pig the devil's experiment or whatever that whole series of film is films is considered they're considered to be snuff films in 1991, Charlie Sheen actually was convinced yeah. that the second movie in that series, Flower of Flesh and Blood from 1985, which I did not watch for this episode, believed that it was a real snuff film and like reported it to the FBI. Other movies, Cannibal Holocaust, which you watched, would be considered a snuff film, I guess. Drown in It, which I didn't watch. August Underground Trilogy, another one I didn't watch. And then... Give it up for the anime moment. <laughs> Welcome to the stage. JoJo's Bizarre Adventure 5. What? Golden Wind. What? Apparently the a villainous surgeon called Chio Colada makes a snuff film of his victims so he can continuously watch them die in agony. So there's the JoJo connection for this episode. Oh my god, what the fuck? JoJo fans are fucked up. I haven't watched JoJo, but... I don't know what JoJo's about, but I, like, I every single time I hear something about it, it's, like, throws my expectations of, like, what this is. At, like, yeah, I, who I, is JoJo? Who, who is, is JoJo, and why are they doing this? Anyway, as I said, back on that bag. Exploitation films are, like I said deliberately fictional and they focus on like the sensationalism of like gore and sex and drugs so it's not even like explicitly about killing it can just be like anything taken to an extreme that people are like hashtag edgy oh my my sensibilities um it's like fanning yourself fanning yourself like a southern belle like fetch me my fainting couch this flower is wilted Cecilia, when they walk into any business and they're pouring sweat. We've talked about how sweaty I am already. I don't need to keep discussing it. (laughs) So exploitation films were first, I guess, brought into popular media in the the modern form in like the early 20s. Uh, But they were super popularized in the 60s and 70s uh, because of like a reemergence of morality, quote unquote, in the United States when it came to like censorship and what was being allowed in cinemas and i said united states but this applied to like europe as well so in the 60s and 70s the motion picture association of america board so the mpaa what you always see like gives the ratings to films they cooperated with censorship boards and like grassroots organizations to quote unquote clean up hollywood which i think is dumb and silly but dumb and silly dumb and silly but yeah so This has been, since that time, kind of like a pushback against Mm -hmm. censorship and like what people can and do consume. And there's always a big draw to these kinds of movies because people are like, ooh, if it's censored, it must be yucky. So then exploitation film examples. And and then the other thing about exploitation film for the snuff films is that exploitation films are more so like based on perception Mm -hmm. and like what the subjective idea of morality is versus like it is showing a murder in the way that like a snuff film is right um so examples of exploitation films are clockwork orange freaks repulsion reefer madness reefer madness and hostile so due to the rise in like exploitation films this was just kind of interesting this wasn't something that i was asked to research but 
the rise in exploitation films in the 60s and 70s gave like light to grindhouse film um so grindhouse is an american term for a theater that mainly showed exploitation films um so this was just like a big thing that like started popping up in like new york city and and mainly in north america but i just thought it was kind of neat because there's like those whole what they're like grindhouse movies who's that guy who's in them um, machete kills is in it isn't it one of those grindhouse movies uh, off to google off to google um anyway uh exploitation film also kind of is responsible for bringing back drive-in movie theaters because in the 60s and 70s drive-in movie theaters started to like decline in popularity um so owners of those drive-in theaters would start showing exploitation films as a way to like bring people back to the drive-in mm-hmm. Just like in 2020, people remember when drive-ins were like a thing again for a while. And people drive-ins were back because of Corona, and I actually really love drive-ins. Period. So I've never been to one. I think there's only like three of them that are still in operation in Iowa. Good. <laughs> one's in like Bluegrass. One's in like Waverly. Mm. And there's another one that I don't know. Maybe Grandview. I don't know. <laughs> I I just have never been to one. I don't know. They're fun. Yeah. I mean, they look fun. They are. Okay. Okay. I guess. The, the other thing that I was tasked with researching was, like, banned for illegality versus content. I didn't honestly do a lot of research on this because the vast majority of the movies that we watched or, like, even considered watching were mostly just banned for content. Yeah. And, like, most of the rationales I even found f- for, like, specific films is just that they were banned because, like, there was too much torture or too mm-hmm. much gore or, like... It was sexually explicit. A lot of, like, films that were, like, banned for quote-unquote illegal content were more so, like, films with, like, political messaging. Yeah. Or, like, there was, I think, one that I saw that was, like, they didn't fully get the rights from somebody or something to, like, should be in the movie. Or something happened with, like, like, paperwork, you know, like, stuff like that. But I'm also, like, thinking of, so recently, or, like, at least in the last like month or so so my roommate had never watched borat or any of those films and so we watched them which jesus christ just the fact that that was like what comedy was for a while is just like really weird but there's like parts where like i guess he uh sasha baron cohen is his name got like sued a lot by like all like all the people that were like in it and like I guess the film almost wasn't released because he had lied to people about like who he was and like what the movie was going to be about and all of those sorts of things. So, so that would be like an example of like not getting proper like consent to be filmed or like whatever from people. Yeah, honestly, I don't think there's a lot of modern examples um, besides like you know Borat and like that kind of thing where it's just like it's mostly like red tape mm-hmm. because of some kind of bureaucratic process or whatever in like the filmmaking a lot of the films that are quote-unquote banned for like content that i did see were like films that were being released in like nazi germany or like francoist spain where like the political powers at b didn't want them to get out to the public so that they wouldn't incite riots or whatever but yeah there was a lot of that kind of censorship and and uh authoritarian regimes obviously which, like, keep an eye out because maybe we're going to be up on there, too. Anyway. Um, anyway. But, yeah, so, like, related to that, the one thing that I, like, specifically researched was Video Nasty. 
nasty. nasty. Video nasty. I, just, I think, I don't remember, we were just, like, looking these up, and then this term came up, we're like, what the fuck is a video nasty? <laughs> what the fuck is a video nasty? Um, but apparently it was, like, a whole thing. It's, like, a term used in the UK. At first it was just, like, colloquially used to describe just nasty films, like, that were, like, grosser people found inappropriate. Um, but it became more of a an official thing, thanks to Mary Whitehouse. She's the founder. Sounds like a fucking Karen. Oh, she is. <laughs> She's the founder and first president of the National Viewers and Lis- Listeners Association, which this is the UK, so it's the National Viewers and Listeners Association. <laughs> I can't do accents. National Viewers and Listeners Association. Or Nevada. <laughs> but yeah, she was a conservative activist who was like super against mainstream British media and essentially created this to campaign against the BBC. And she just like didn't like what was on TV at the time, and she thought it was too explicit, and too much sex going on, and too many gays, and like all that shit. Too much sex in GBBO. Yeah, and so like along with films and things like that, other things that she was against, just because I was reading through her things, is per- permissiveness. Permissiveness. Like the oh. act of receiving permission. No, it's supposed. It's a. It's like a like sexual freedom, like the becoming like more like promiscuity kind of i don't know i put it in here and then i realized i forgot to like actually fully define it promiscuous girl yeah so it's great or excessive freedom of behavior but it's mostly associated with like sexuality and stuff so they were like showing more risque things i guess on fucking bbc we can't have people having intercourse Um, she was against the gay news which is a newspaper in the 70s because she alleged blasphemy which of course the gay news in 2020 is just twitter yeah. <laughs> my twitter specifically my- um and then also margaret thatcher's government because she actually agreed with her on like a lot of things but i guess she like just bugged them so much that they just didn't like her so you know how much of a fucking bitch you have to be for margaret thatcher's government to not like you even though you're technically on the same side yeah even though you're technically on the same like, page this woman whatever anyway she used that and like started like petitioning the government to get stricter on censorship and all those sorts of things and so the director of public prosecutions which is somewhere in the uk government i guess it's like somewhere to like our cabinet or something for <laughs> maybe us. who understands fucking the fucking british government i don't understand our government i majored in political science everybody thank you <laughs> So anyway, he created a list of 72 films that violate the Obscene Publications Act of 1950 as examples so that others could, like, use that to create their list of, like... Like a guideline or whatever. Yeah, so it's like a guideline of, like, these technically violate the law, and so you can, like, prosecute these types of films. However, these other ones, like, you can't do anything to. And so... That created a lot of confusion and things like that, too. And so it led to the creation of the Video Recordings Act of 1984, which specified, it just, like, clarified a lot of more things of, like, what could and could be taken to court and, like, taken down and that sort of thing. So many major productions were banned due to this act because it was a lot stricter. But as the years went on, some of the films that were considered video nasties uh, were then able to be released with certain cuts and edits and things like that. Did you, like, find a list of... Yes, I did. Did you... Is there, like, one that you, like, saw that was, like, why the fuck did this get video nasty? Just... Um, okay, so the way that the list was made, there's different sections. So the first sections are ones that were prosecuted, 
um, and some of them just like were never allowed to be released and the others were allowed to be released with the cuts and stuff like that so a lot of the ones in this list were like like oh and this was also it didn't have to be made in the uk it was just any film from anywhere any film that yeah. was going to be released yes. to like the it's, public yeah it's about the dis distribution of the films and things like that and a lot of it was like like kind of pro-nazi movies like a lot of them were really like pro-nazi okay um, i'm okay with those getting banned yeah exactly so it was like a lot of that and then things that were just like so explicitly so like for example the original last house on the left was on this list just because of the gratuitous and like on-screen depiction of like rape and yeah. torture and all that stuff that's like, valid that one did with edits get uh later re-released and then I've, I've seen the 2009 remake of the movie because why wouldn't you want to remake that fucking movie because <laughs> you know i have seen the that. 2009 movie i haven't seen the original mm -mm. it's worse than the 2009 one from what i read so yeah and there's 39 total on that first section one list this next one are non-prosecuted films that like by some technicality you can't prosecute them even though they're like they've been like brought up as like oh we need to ban this but even though they're nasty even though they're nasty and there's 33 total on this one and so like the evil dead the first and like the nasty nasty and then possession which is one of the movies i researched didn't watch it researched and then the section three is just video nasties so under this section is the film's going to be prosecuted but they were liable to confiscate confiscation and in certain instances could be ordered to be destroyed but it was more up to like local could you imagine like walking up to a red box and like checking yeah. out a movie and someone like comes up and is like i might have to fucking take that that's a nasty boy especially because here are some examples from this list dawn of the dead friday the 13th night of the living dead texas chainsaw massacre okay. the thing like i've seen all of these <laughs> yeah these are all movies that are like on everyone's like horror must watch yeah. i think these are it was more just like again because of like women like mary um, it was just like, that's icky. No one should watch this. Icky movie. Disgusting. Disgusting. And then other ones, I guess there's this other list. They, I don't know why they weren't under Video Nasty. They were under some other thing. But yeah, like Clockwork Orange, Child Play 3, and like The Exorcist. So they were other ones that like brought up controversy. Child Play 3. What year did, do you know what the year that came out in? Was that like 91 or 92? I don't think that's the Chucky film I watched in theater with my dad. Release date, 1991. 91, yeah. So it wasn't that one. But I did watch a Chucky film with my dad in the theater. Yeah, there's... I think it was like uh, Bride of Chucky. Bride, yeah. I don't know when that one was. Seed of Chucky is 2004. That was, no. I watched Bride... that one, but not. Bride of Chucky is 98. Yep, I was a toddler. <laughs> the inception of my love from horror Good. was me at three years old in theater with my dad watching this Chucky movie. <laughs> Jennifer Tilly, though, I am still horny for. Yeah, okay, honestly, yes. I love Jennifer Tilly. I, it's the voice, it's the look. It's the look, it's the aesthetic. It's everything. Man. Jennifer Tilly, call me. Hello, please. But yeah, so those are some examples. And so the ones we picked to like research more were either from that video nasty list or we kind of just looked up other ones that were like banned. We used the Google machine. You girl. You girl. You We're just gonna alienate all of Europe. All of Europe, get out. I'm fine with that. There's no European if you go listeners. When you speak Spanish, get the fuck out of my face. A fool. 
So this is something that we didn't discuss, but Cecilia said they ended up also adopting is my nasty meter. Ah, nasty meter. Um, I took inspiration from Video Nasty and using my nasty meter because I decided I needed to have a way to like rank the nastiness of the movies I watched. There are not really any categories in terms of just like why is something nasty. It's just like. You know, you know, like, are they nasty? Did they make me say, oh, that's kind of nasty. Nasty. It's not the same as, like, scary, though. No. Because, like, something can scare me but not be nasty. And and I watched some of these movies and, and like I said, watched reviews of, uh, like, others because I just didn't want to pay for them. But there wasn't really a movie that made me feel scared out of these. It was just, like, there were some elements of it that were nasty. Nasty. My roommate's dog is going the fuck off. Chunk has opinions. I don't know if you guys can hear it. I guess we can start with the Poughkeepsie taste since we both watched that. Yeah, we did both watch the Poughkeepsie taste. Let's start with the Poughkeepsie. Okay. So, the Poughkeepsie. Poughkeepsie, right? Yeah, yeah, it's Poughkeepsie. Poughkeepsie. Yeah, so we. this is the an overlap in ours just because I had previously seen it before. And so for this one, I just kind of watched a, a summary of it. Shout out to Spooky Rice on YouTube him and then there was two other ones that i use for like their reviews <laughs> i also reviews. used spooky rice for my reviews that, for the ones that i didn't actually watch yeah um, i used one other guy but he was just like yeah i used so deep focus lens was another one i used her for like two desmond flicks reviews is the other one i i watched yeah and then a rabbit hole entrance which is the third one that i used <laughs> But yeah, those are on YouTube, especially because, I don't know, for mine, mine were all, like, old, like, older. So I have, like, one from, like, the 1930s, and so that one, like, I just couldn't find anywhere to even try and watch it. Yeah. And then some of the other ones, there were so many different versions of them out there because of, like, the edits that had to be made. I just wasn't going to deal with it, so. <laughs> That's valid. <laughs> really just read through the Wikipedia and then watched the videos. But yeah, so the Poughkeepsie tape, so it's a quote-unquote documentary, so it's, like, a mockumentary yeah about these tapes that were found in like poughkeepsie new york right yeah do you remember how many there were there was some like ridiculous so number many. there were so many there's a shot in the movie where yeah. they like do this pan over like the box of tapes and yeah. it's like a ridiculous number of tapes this guy wa- is like walking next to it and these are like like the old camcorder kind of tapes. yeah they're like they look like vhs boxes but yeah. they're like the smaller camcorder cassettes or whatever yeah. that you used to load up into uh, a camcorder did you ever have to do it where you had to put the little t- tape in inside the of the tape bigger tape to yeah play it. to play yeah. it God. <laughs> we're fucking old <laughs> old not really but the fact anyway it was millennial we're cuspers we're on the edge of antique vhs technology and fucking blu-rays yeah for technology-wise and, like, life experience-wise, I'm more of a millennial, but in terms of my nihilism and just, like, like humor, I would say I'm more Gen Z, but that's just because I'm on TikTok too much, and I'm... I agree. I'm I'm fairly similar, but I would say I probably lean a little bit more towards millennial just because I'm, like, a tiny bit older than you, and I still fucking... I'm on TikTok, but I mostly get my memes from Tumblr. <laughs> still good. <laughs> Man, anyway. So it was banned... It was shown, it, pre- it pre- <laughs> the movie premiered in 2007 at a film festival, but it took 10 years for it to actually fully be released on, like, DVD. It was, like, released a version of it in 2014, but then the full one didn't come out until 2017, which is, I think, when I watched it, it was, like, around 2017. 
I didn't even notice the year. I watched it on Amazon Prime. So whichever version is on Amazon Prime is the one that I watched. Yeah, this one was like, I was expecting it to be kind of like nastier than yeah. it was. But it was pretty fucking mild. Yeah, like in terms of like what is shown, it's more supposed to be like unnerving than it is sh- like shocking, I think. Well, like there are scenes where he's like murdering people and like doing shit and like, oh, I guess there's this one where he like decapitates a dude and then puts his head in the woman's torso. So it shows that. Yeah. But it's like so spur it's not like constant throughout the whole film. It's just like bits and pieces and it's like interspliced with like interviews from the FBI and like all this stuff. Yeah, for this one I feel like the way that they they made it a mockumentary almost kind of took away from the nastiness of it like I guess it might have been scarier if we were just seeing it as like flashbacks of this guy's films. Even so though, I feel like it was pretty on par for like a serial killer or like slasher movie. Yeah. Like there wasn't anything like especially horrendous. I think the nastiest parts were for me like the part where he like literally kidnapped an actual child mm-hmm. and then like kind of some of the Stockholm syndrome stuff oh, at the end yeah. was like hard psychologically but it wasn't like visually nasty. Right, right. Yeah, and so like even so like for the cuz the first tape apparently like, his first crime was the child abduction and like all of that. But for that part they didn't really show anything. Like yeah. they didn't show the tape cuz if it was a real, you know, documentary they wouldn't have. And so they just showed that it was like the yeah, first victim or whatever victim, yeah and then yeah the other one oh my god what was her name i don't remember her name but he kidnaps a woman and he like keeps her for years and he makes her wear this like weird mask that's like a weird doll mask yeah and at one point he makes her kill somebody on tape and like kind of drags her into it does all this stuff and then i guess yeah and then also like the whole thing that he was like super smart i guess and the they kept like praising him yeah they were just like yeah he was he was organized but he made himself seem disorganized so, so we couldn't aim. we couldn't keep up we weren't sure like how to profile him and like it's because cops are useless it's because cops are dumb <laughs> <laughs> they go to school for 18 months it was no criminal minds bau team on the case there so. was no fucking dr spencer reed because if he was there you know they would have caught that bitch you know it you know it but yeah and then so like she i get because he like leads the cops to her and they find her, like, in this box under the bed or something. Yeah. And then they, like, she's, like, yeah, she just fully has Stockholm Syndrome and says that she loves him and, like, all this other stuff. Yeah, she's like, he'll come back for me. Like, he didn't abandon me. Mm-hmm. And then he did. Because uh, she committed suicide and then assu- we were meant to assume that he went back and dug up her body. Yeah. And took it and then, like, left another tape. Yeah, that was, I think that was the nastiest part is, like, when she's, like, quote-unquote in recovery in the hospital or whatever, there's a part where they're, like, we kept coming back and, like, finding more wounds on her and, like, she was hurting herself because she was, like, so acclimated to being in constant pain. Yeah, and so that's fucked up. And he also, like, framed a cop for his crime. Yes, he He did. He stole his sperm from a sperm bank, but he also was a shitty cop who was actually, like, like hurting women so that one like i don't condone violence but like but props to the poughkeepsie killer they also threw in like 9-11 into the plot at one point yeah well because it was part it was part of that like cop narrative or whatever where like the cop was acquitted but like nobody realized that he had been acquitted because 9-11 was bigger news yeah so i okay my nasty i gave it like a three 
I also gave it a three okay. on the nasty meter. Because I did, the nastiest part was, I think, the head in the torso. Because um, then they showed the body, like, as, like when they found it later, and it was, like, decomposed and mummified, but you could still see, like, his head peeking out of it, her, like, stomach. So that was gross, but you know, I've seen nastier. Yeah, I've, I've seen nastier. <laughs> in real life, I've seen nastier. No, no, no. <laughs> I've not seen that in real life. But movie-wise. Yeah, so either either we're very desensitized to this kind of thing because we watch a lot of horror movies, or, like, it wasn't really that nasty. But, yeah, I agree with the three on the nasty scale. So I don't know why the fuck people were tripping about it and not letting it be released. Yeah, but... fucking ten years? That seems ridiculous. I would probably say Texas Chainsaw Massacre might be a smidge nastier, like, a higher yeah. on the nasty meter. Yeah, for sure. Or, like, what's the one where they're, like, cannibals? The, the Hills Have Eyes? Yeah. Yeah, Hills Have Eyes is probably good. a little bit nastier. Yeah. yeah, yeah. all my other ones are, like, far nastier. That one's, like, the least nasty. Hostel 2 tied on the nasty meter for me, so do you want me to do Hostel yeah. 2? Since Do you want to go in, in nasty order? <gasps> yes, let's go in nasty order. <laughs> okay, nasty order. So this one's also a 3 out of 10 for me. Spoilers, Hostel 2. I didn't watch Hostel 1 because I've seen Hostel 1. I think we've mostly all mm-hmm. seen Hostel 1. Uh, yeah. It, it was pretty popular when it came out. It did very well at the box office, which is why Eli Roth got to do Hostel 2. <laughs> so this premiered at the Museums of Moving Image in New York on June 6, in 2007. Um, it was released theatrically two days later in the U.S. So it's not like it was a big deal, yeah. but it was just released a little bit ahead of time. Like I said, this is directed by Eli Roth. Um, he did the, orig- the first Hostel, and then another movie that horror fans might know about Eli Roth is Cabin Fever. Mm-hmm. Have you seen Cabin yeah. Fever? That one's also kind of nasty, that like where nasty. the flesh is like falling off yeah. of them because of their bacteria or whatever the fuck it is. Which is what 2020 is right now. <laughs> That's where we're at Basically, right Basically, my flesh might not be sloughing off, but like emotionally. <laughs> emotionally, my I'm sloughing skin away. Is sloughing. <laughs> so this one didn't do as well as the original, and that's because a work print of the film was leaked. Mm. So, like, it was, quote-unquote, the most pirated film ever at the time. So they kind of got railed at the box office. But, like, also, the criticism for this movie is that it's pretty much the exact same as Hostel 1. Right. Which is, like, why did it get nasty to then? In Hostel 2, Paxton, who's a character in Hostel 1 who gets out in the film briefly, he's, like, PTSD from his experience. Mm -hmm. Um, which is fair, uh, but this film is meant to pick up like exactly where Hostel One left off, pretty much. Eventually, he's headhunted by the elite hunting boss, um, and like his head is sent back to their headquarters or whatever as proof that he's been killed. Literally hunted his head. Literally hunted his head. Yeah. Oh, so I guess if people haven't seen Hostel One, a hostel is when you're overseas. This is like my first introduction to like what a hostel was first of all <laughs> this movie um, was this movie but yeah so it's just like any like overseas for like foreigners it's like a place for them to stay it's not really like a hotel usually it's just like a ton of people in a, like one room yeah it's like communal rooms it's cheaper geared towards like young people who are like backpacking 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 <laughs> um so you know, it kind of, like, preys on your fears yeah. of, like, being in a foreign country alone or whatever. Right. Yeah, and so, like, the premise is that they, there's, like, this whole network of, like, just rich, fucked up people who, like, pay to, like, torture, or, like, pay for, like, a person that gets kidnapped from these hostels, and then they can just do whatever they want to them, and so they all just, like, torture them in different ways. Which is basically the United States political system. You 
rich fuckers pay to get involved in politics and torture people in math. Wow, hard hitting, but hard hitting political so take. True. <laughs> so, Hostel Two is an all female cast, pretty much. I guess main cast, uh, where Hostel One was like dudes, um, but it's mostly these three girls who are study abroad students in Italy, uh, and their names are Beth. Whitney and Lorna, they like run into some lady and she's like, Oh, I'm headed to Slovakia. Mm-hmm. And they're like, Yeah, let's fucking go to Slovakia. Oh, go to Slovakia. Wouldn't it be fun if we just like went to Slovakia? Wouldn't it be? Oh, what if we just exciting? Oh, if we just oh, went yeah. to Slovakia? Oh yeah. <laughs> um, so they go to Slovakia and they get checked into this hostel or whatever, and like as they're being checked into this hostel, the like front desk person is like scanning their passports and uploading their images to like their website of like their auction site or whatever for like auctioning these women off i'm gonna back up for a second and say i didn't watch this movie um i got this information both from wikipedia and from uh youtube videos reviews on this film um desmond flicks review is the one that i used for this I'm gonna interrupt for a second to say nasty count off count off how many times we say the word nasty, nasty. in this episode Nasty. Nasty. We won't count them, so we won't know if you're right, but... You know, whatever. Whatever. So, these three girls, they get, like, uploaded to this website, and Beth and Whitney get purchased by some, like, American guys. Uh, So, that's Todd and Stuart, and we'll kind of learn more about them later, but I kind of just did this by... I, I wrote this up by girl what happens to them in the movie. Yeah. So Lorna is the first one that we see getting killed off. She's kidnapped by a guy named Roman. And she wakes up upside down, like hanging upside down by her feet. And this woman, which is like oh, a big shock, like it's not just men in this club, it's women too. But she slashes her with a scythe and like has a bathtub underneath her like collecting her blood mm-hmm. and it's supposed to be like a lady bathroy type oh, deal yeah. and she like bathes in her blood and that kind of thing and then she's lorna is just kind of unceremoniously has her throat slashed and she's killed like she's the least important <laughs> character in the movie so she gets tortured the least Which, so she gets i mean she gets tortured pretty badly oh. i guess but like she's just offed pretty quickly oh. like there's not a lot of humbug about it okay. like her two friends beth and whitney go to the spa as planned without her even though she's been kidnapped um <laughs> that is awful so i i read somewhere that like lorna was like the tag-along friend oh. um so like they're they, don't really they, like her anyway. they didn't really like her anyway they're just like whatever fuck laura lorna mm-hmm. so beth is arguably the main character slash final girl even though the three of them are technically main characters so beth like i said she goes to the spot as planned with whitney axeli and miroslav who are just two other people who i didn't have enough information about to like give a fuck but they go to the spa and like she kind of takes a nap after they like go to the spa and she wakes up without all of her shit and she gets ambushed by a group of violent street children <laughs> in this video or this village in slovakia she gets saved by sasha and axeli and then sasha executes one of the boys as punishment she's just like child yeah these fucking they're just like this little rascal rascal. kill dead oh my god so they like i said sasha executes one of these boys they go back to this mansion and beth discovers the room filled with like trophy heads which is fucking 
the turning point in the plot where she's finally like, ooh. Something is amiss. Something is wrong. <laughs> this is like the turning point where Beth is like finally like, oh, fuck. Something's messed up. And you kind of catch a, catch a glimpse of like Paxton's head mm. is in the trophy room or whatever. So at this point, Beth is taken to an abandoned factory and tied up. Stuart shows up. Stuart is the guy who like purchased her. Uh, but we kind of found out find out along the way that like Stuart is actually a broke bitch, uh, and Todd purchased him for her. Um, oh. I believe they're brothers. So Todd is like, "This is your gift." Oh. Stuart's kind of a bitch, and he like is like, "I'm not that kind of guy," and he gets her and like unties him, or he unties her, and she tries to get out of the room, but she gets like knocked out. Oh. And then as kind of a throwaway thing earlier in the movie, we found out that Beth, like, inherited a huge sum of money from her mom. Mm. So, like, she's, like, trying to escape, but they're, like, dragging her back to Stuart, and she's, like, no, I'll I'll pay any price. Like, I'm good for it. Like, I'll get the money, and, like, you know, like, I'll put my fortune up against my own life. And they're, like, sure. Bet. Fine. Okay. Bet. They're, like, twist, though. You're going to have to kill someone to prove yourself. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> Stuart comes back and he's like done a full 180. He's like, no, wait, I actually do want to fucking kill you because you remind me of my wife and I can't kill her because I'd be the suspect in her murder. And he so tries. His brother was like, no, I know how to help you, man. I'll buy you another woman. I'll buy you a lookalike. So they're like, it's too late, Stuart. She's like bought her freedom. And Stuart's like, no, 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 I'll buy her. And they're at that point, they're like, no, Stuart, we know you're a broke bitch. Broke. So he berates her. And before she like enacts his re- her revenge on her, uh, we're going to hop over to Whitney. Oh, OK, because Whitney's getting tortured by Todd, who's okay. like Stuart's brother or whatever. Todd is into it at first, hmm. but then he accidentally scalps her without <gasps> killing her and he like loses his nerve about it. And he's like, no, I don't, I don't want to do this oh, anymore. Suddenly suddenly, suddenly, suddenly. And Todd tries to leave, but the guards are like, you cannot leave until you kill her. God. He refuses and they like sick their dogs on them. Mm. So he gets like mauled to death by the dogs. Oh my God. They're going to put Whitney back on the market. With no scalp. With her scalped head. Yeah. <gasps> so she's back on the mar- market and like there's some interest in her. And there's, like, an Italian guy who's eating Miroslav alive, like, while they're alive. Um, Like, he's interested in buying her. But she eventually gets beheaded by Stuart. Hmm. And so then we cut back to Beth. And he comes back and he's, like, had this change of heart or whatever. And Beth decides that she's going to kill Stuart. Oh, yeah. Obviously. (laughs) Yeah. So she kills him by cutting off his genitals and then letting him bleed to death. And then there's, like, a weird scene that didn't really need to happen or whatever, but, like, she gets inducted into the elite hunting club or whatever, and she gets, like, a a tramp stamp tattoo of their insignia. And then later, Alexi, or Alexel, however their name is pronounced, who was the person who, like, brought them to Slovakia, gets lured by the street children into the woods, where Beth ambushes and beheads her. And there's, like, a scene of the kids playing football with her head. Oh, that's kind of that's kind of dope. Though. That's kind of dope. Yeah. Well, cause he that person shot the kid, right? 
No, Sasha killed one of the kids. Oh, okay. I didn't watch that. Either movie. way, whatever. Either way. I gave this movie a 3 out of 10 Ooh. on the nasty meter, like I said. There wasn't really a nasty part. I mean... Yeah, I mean, like, the torture, like... Like, the torture was nasty, but, like, not nasty. Yeah, too nasty. I mean, yeah, because, like, I remember parts um, from... I watched the first one. I just... The one scene that really, like, made me, like, flinch physically was when this, this guy was, like, sitting on a chair, and he gets, like, his... The back of his ankle snipped. Yeah. And then he's told that if he can make it to the door, he'll go free, and then he, like, tries to walk on his fucking... Ugh. Like, that's gross. But uh, some of the other stuff was just, like, oh. Some of the reviewers that I watched in which which were mostly, like, guys were, like, the cringiest part for them was, like, when he gets his genitals cut off oh, and, like, bleeds yeah. to death, which is, like... Whatever. He got off easy compared to, like, a woman got scalped alive. <laughs> so this movie has been restricted to adults in most countries. Um, there was cuts made in Germany because of the nastiness of it. Honestly, the parts that they cut the most were, like, the parts where Lorna was being bled. I guess it was just, like, excessive in length. Hmm. But that's... That's pretty much it. The film was cited in the House of Commons of the United Kingdom as an example where stills from the film could be illegal to possess oh. under the proposed law to criminalize, criminalize the possession of extreme pornography, quote unquote. Oh. So this guy, Charles Walker, who was the MP, didn't watch the movie, but was like, I have talked to people who have watched the movie. And from beginning to end, it depicts obscene, misogynistic acts of brutality against women. You mean every film produced in every the United States? Every horror movie? Every film, period. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Just in different ways. Yeah. So, that was a 3 out of 10 nasty. It wasn't that bad. Yeah. Well, well I have a 4 out of 10 nasty. Do you mm -hmm. have another 4? Let me see if I have a 4. I have a 5. I also have a 5. And I have a five, a six, and then an eight. Same. Oh! Like those exact ones. Okay, I'll do my four. Yeah, so this next one, moving up moving up a level in the nasty meter. Um, this one is called Freaks, and it's a 1932, um, it's a 1932 pre-code Hollywood film. So it was, you know, produced and released before a lot of the censorship, like, laws and things like that were put into place uh, in the movie industry. So people could get away with like a lot more risque things and like what they showed um so this movie takes place at a carnival sideshow so um just warning for just like rampant ableism throughout this entire movie um because as it was like in reality a lot of carnival sideshows had people who had physical disabilities or different deformations and they were put up as like acts or literally yeah. just to be looked at because it was like a like oh wow look at this yeah bearded lady or like this person side like, you shows know. are like morally nasty yes exactly so that's just the starting premise of that flat out gave gave it a few nasty points uh and so it, it the film yeah so the the first what how did i write it i write it like this why um, did you okay the plot revolves around mainly a trapeze artist her name's cleopatra uh and she wants to seduce another performer his name is hans he's a dwarf has dwarfism because he is going to come into a large because he has a large inheritance 
and um, she is just a gold digger and, like, wants his money. Okay. But she's horrible to him in secret. Like, she considers herself one of the quote-unquote normal ones, like, performers. Because okay. she is a trapeze artist, and she's not, like... Doesn't have any physical disabilities. Right, so she's a bitch. Um, and so she is, like, seducing him. Hans has, like, a girlfriend at the time, but because he's, like... You know, he's not used to getting this kind of attention from like other women and so he just like falls for her but um on the side cleopatra is uh sleeping with hercules who's like the strong man of the show which is literally just he could pick things up that were heavy <laughs> which i never understood that as like a sideshow thing to like, like go look at he's like Ooh, wow big he's man. i guess like pre-modern era yeah. bodybuilding wasn't like a mainstream type yeah. thing it was yeah so uh so yeah so she convinces him that they should get married cleopatra and hans but the night of she didn't even fucking wait the night of their fucking marriage she tries to like poison him um ma'am you have to be married before the yeah like goes like it was like the after party or whatever like they had already been married technically. Oh, okay. um so it was like the reception or whatever everyone's like drinking and like she tries to poison him but she she got too drunk and then she starts kissing Hercules, like, in front of him, and Hans is like, bitch, like, what the hell, obviously, and also just, I think, this is one that I didn't watch, I watched, like, the review of it, just because it was also, like, extremely hard to find yeah. copies of this, uh, and so, you know, finds out that she's also just been saying horrible things, and she's just a horrible person, and so he um, gets help, the help of the other performers, and this is the part where, like, it's, where the nasty comes in is like the very end is what they do to her as revenge so they attack both her and hercules um and hercules gets caught and like his genitals are cut off um and that's like, there's a lot of genital yeah, mutilation lot of genital in these mutilation. kinds of movies yeah like he's left alive but he just like doesn't have a dick or balls i think both i don't remember um <laughs> but cleopatra what they do to her okay sorry could you imagine no dick just balls no dick <laughs> <laughs> no dick, just no balls. No dick, just balls. None pizza left beef. No. <laughs> God. Ooh, horrible. Um, but okay, so Cleopatra gets turned into a human duck. Okay. Is what they call it. So they cut off, cut out her tongue and eyes. Ducks still have eyes, though. Oh yeah, but like the sounds she makes is like like horrifying to like listen to. Um her hands are like melted like i think chemically um so that they look webbed yeah like webbed feet uh they cut her legs off and then she is permanently tar and feathered so they pour hot tar on her and like cover her in feathers and then they just like put her in this cage as part of the performance and that's just how she lives the rest of her life is, Jesus. is like that um and so that was like the revenge and then hans marries his original girlfriend and then it was like a whole thing of uh like them having to stick together with each other because like the world isn't you know accepting of them and honestly you know what heartwarming maybe don't turn people into human ducks but also i did not like cleopatra so uh but yeah so i was a four to ten mostly just i want to see a picture of this human. oh yeah you can yeah you can see it so just look up freaks just look up freaks human duck i think we'll pull it up Freaks. I have a computer now. Well, I mean, I've had a computer, but this is the first time I've done my notes on computer, God. just so you listeners at home can know. Good. Freaks. Human. Um, but yeah, like, because there are, like, other individuals, like, the actors in the shows were themselves in real life, uh, like, 
had disabilities or all like deformations. Some of them were actually in like sideshow mm-hmm. performances. Um, and so it was kind of split with like that community, whether this movie was like good or not, like for representation wise, because some people were like, yeah, like seeing like individuals with dwarfism for the first time. And like, I didn't really see Hans as like a villain because he got like mal- manipulated and like right. he was kind of dickish and, and some parts obviously to like his girlfriend but um that was just like that's this not... era kind of period right yeah. not to like excuse it no, but like but it's just awful and so i mean obviously it's not for me to decide whether or not this is like good representation or like good in any way for folks with disabilities but um for some yeah but so that's not what makes this a nasty movie for me. Like, the simple fact that there are people in the film that, you know, have deformities or are disabled, which, if you're a shitty person, that would be, I'm sure. And it might be part of the reason I think it got, like, flagged. You yeah. Know, for, but I think mostly it was just that end scene. Like, from what I know, I don't think it shows them doing it to her. They just show her at the end. Um... But, yeah, I don't know. It wasn't that nasty. Yeah, I'm looking at the pictures of... Although now that, like, you gave Hostel a three and I gave this one a four, I'm feeling a four is too much. (laughs) (laughs) A four is too high, maybe. Yeah. Uh, That's valid. We did not confer with each other on on how we were doing how we were nastifying. Yeah. Um, right. cool. A four. Mm -hmm. Freaks. So I guess we're moving on to uh, five on the nasty meter. Yeah, we both have one. So do you we want both to... have one five. Um, what's your five? Mine's grotesque. Mine's the devils. Okay, I'll do mine first because you just went. I won't make you go back to back. So I watched, well, I didn't watch actually. I watched a Spooky Rice review for this yeah. one. Um, this one is available on Tubi for free. I just didn't have time to watch it. Uh, but it's grotesque. It's a 2009 Japanese exploitation film. Um, this one is explicitly labeled an exploitation film, so, like, you know it's going to be nasty. Mm-hmm. Um, the narrative is not important to this movie at all. There's, like, very little to no plot. It's just about the nastiness. Yeah. Um, I might watch it later. Um, it's not... I mean, it's a, a five on the nasty scale, so it's not, like, that nasty. Mm-hmm. But um, the premise, basically, of the movie is that there's this guy who's we are supposed to believe is, like, a doctor. Um, and he sees this couple out walking on the street and he like knocks them out and kidnaps them Mm. um and they are gagged and tied up and they wake up in like this excuse me shockingly like well-maintained lab excuse me can you shut the fuck up i'm trying (laughs) (laughs) um anyway this guy he's like i get really fucking horny off the human will to survive so i'm going to torture you ew um, how do you find that out? I I don't know how you find this out. Like, how do you... I guess... How do you know that's your king? <laughs> watching other nasty films. Uh, so he has them tied... Gagged and tied up um, in this, like, lab place. And there's a flashback briefly to, like, their first date. And they're actually... This is a brand new couple. Like, they just were walking away from their first date, we find out. Oh, my God. So they're, like, co-workers who have worked together for a couple of years, and the guy finally, like, gets up the, like, gumption to, like, ask her out or whatever. Um, And 
the doctor guy, he wants to, like, prolong the suffering because, like I said, he gets off off of it. Um, and he's, like, asking a bunch of personal relationship questions. Like, he asks them how long they've been together and, like, how many times they've had sex and, like, if they would die for one another. And, like, it really is the answer is zero because this is their first yeah. fucking date. Um, there's eventually, like, a sex scene where he makes them come on each other. Um, and then he, like, he himself comes from, like, the action of, like, torturing them. He cuts off the guy's fingers with a saw and makes, like, a finger necklace that he puts on the girl. And then he does the same thing to the girl. Uh, but she screams. Like, the guy, like, takes it like a fucking champ or whatever and, like, doesn't scream. But she, like, screams and, like, tries to, like, bash back. And so he decides that he needs to punish her. So he cuts her nipples <gasps> off. <laughs> no. Uh, from that point that. on, it's like fucking torture time. He like torture time. Torture time. Torture time. <laughs> he like stabs them and like, you know, slices them and all this different mm-hmm. kind of stuff. Eventually, he like nails the guy's testicles to the table. <sighs> um, and then at that point, after he's like put five or six nails into this guy's scrotum he's like you know what i'm gonna let you guys live because i have gone off enough on this like i promised you that i would let you go if you brought me the satisfaction of like coming on your will to survive and i'm gonna i'm gonna do good by you guys so it like takes a turn where they like kind of are like unconscious and they wake up in like a real looking hospital bed um but like surprise he's their doctor Uh, but he is, like, there's this whole montage of, like, him he- healing them up. Um, and, like, they're, like, learning to kind of cope with, like, their missing body parts. Um, and, like, they're regaining their strength and their health. Um, and there's, like, this weird part where they, he, they like, cover their noses because apparently he's stanky. <laughs> <laughs> so they're, they literally, like, plug their noses when he walks away and they're like, this bitch stank. Uh, so then, like, towards the end of the montage, he's like, okay, you know, I promised you guys, like, two days from now, I'm gonna let you go. Um, and so, like, these two days elapse or whatever, and they wake up back in the torture lab. He's like, lol, JK, I want more. Um, so... At this point, he's like, I'm gonna, I want you guys to prove your will to live and like your love again, basically. Ugh. He's like, This is my final test for you guys. Ugh. Remember that last time I said it was the final one? Jam's just kidding. This was the final one. JK, JK, this is the final one, but for real. for real. So he like opens up the guy's belly and like ties his intestines to a hook. <gasps> and he's like, If you can walk across the room and cut the girl's ties, I will let you guys go because you will have sufficiently proven your love and devotion. So this guy is, like, has had his scrotum nailed and basically removed. And now his guts are clinging to a hook. And he is, like, dragging his guts across the room to, like, free this girl. And then he gets there. And he, like, is on the verge of passing out from the pain. But is, like, still trying to, like, free her with his little pair of scissors. And there's a fucking, like, metal wire running through her ties. So, like, it's impossible for him to cut her free. He, like, realizes this and collapses onto the floor. He's dying. Then the doctor goes over to this girl. 
And this girl's kind of a badass at this point because she like spits in his face oh, twice yes. and then starts to roast the fuck out of him. <laughs> this is where it comes back into play that he's stanky because she's yeah. like, you're so fucking stanky because your mom was a stank ass <gasps> prostitute whore. Oh. And that's the only kind of women that you could ever get to love you because you're fucking worthless. So she like roasts oh the God. fuck out of him. Damn. He like gets mad. Well, yeah. Avi. <laughs> So he disembowels her and beheads her. And then this is why I took off points on the nasty meter because yeah. it got a little bit ridiculous. He beheads her and her head like flies up yeah. where like from the force of him beheading her. And apparently her head has enough consciousness to like determine its falling direction and like falls down and bites him on the neck. Oh my god. <laughs> That's ridiculous. The disemboweled man on the floor like has enough strength to like stab the man in like his the back of his ankle. But like in the epilogue you find out he survives. Well, yeah. Um and then it just kind of reverts to the beginning or whatever. He's like finding another bites victim. Him on the neck. That was fucking it was wild. I didn't watch the movie, but this makes me want to watch it. I watched That's the spooky rice movie. review. But he had that scene, God. and it was just ridiculous. That obviously it had to knock points yeah, off the, that... the nasty meter. Yeah, because there's something just like I don't know. It just that's kind of funny. Like <laughs> obviously you not know, the torture parts, but we're like, yeah, it's. Um, so that made me fucking laugh because like, <laughs> yeah, up to that point it was like, yeah, this is like, this is fucked up. This is fucked up. This is nasty. And then the fucking head, um. So, this is another one that kind of got, like, banned for content, I guess. The BBFC director, David Cook, explained the reason for banning it in the UK by saying that, unlike other recent, quote, torture-themed horror works such as Saw or the Hostel series, Grotesque features minimal narrative or character development and presents the audience with little more than an unrelenting and escalating scenario of humiliation, brutality, and sadism. In spite of a vestigial attempt to explain the coiler's motive at the very end, the chief pleasure on offer is not related to understanding the motivations of any of the central characters. Rather, the chief pleasure on offer seems to be wallowing in the spectacle of sadism. Hmm. So, fair. Shit's fucked. Is what shit's, shit's fucked is the, the abbreviated. Shit's fucked and you don't, know how to, you don't know how to write a movie, is what he just said. <laughs> he said, no character development, no plot, just murder. You did not fully uh, exceed the expectation or meet the expectation set. <laughs> there was no hero's journey. <laughs> there was no final girl. God. Um, so just a stinky doctor. Just a stanky doctor. God. Um, so yeah, five out of ten nasty. Damn. All right. Moving on to my five out of. We're going way over time. <laughs> We've already hit an hour, but we're here. We're so here. We're here. We're clear, it. and we left to fucking talk. <laughs> yeah. Probably we shouldn't have picked six movies a piece. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Um, I'll try to like shorten up the the descriptions from these last ones. Okay, so my five out of ten is The Devils. It's a 1971 movie. Um, and so there's this one is the one that has a lot of different versions out there of just because of all the different cuts that they had to make and things like that. But primarily, the con- content for which this is banned for is primarily because it's like primarily sexual and blasphemous mm-hmm. so the entire plot kind of revolves around like the catholic church and like its internal politics and like fucking catholic fucking catholic church 
Um, also, again, take a shot every time I mention the fucking Catholic Church because I feel like I do that often. I feel like that's not fair, though, because so much of horror, for some reason, is, like, like enamored with Catholicism. Yeah, because yeah, it's horrific. Anyway, um, so, but yeah, and then, like, King Louis in it. I don't know which one. I think... <laughs> there's King many. Louis, one through 14, one of them. One of them. Um, and so it's just, like, talking about that. And so it's... Um, there's, like, one main dude who I don't really care about, but this nun who's at this convent is, like, obsessed with him. Like, she has, like, these weird delusions and, like, visions of, like, them together and, like, fucking and, like, doing all this stuff. And But she's a nun, so, like, she shouldn't think that. Okay, um, American Horror Story Asylum. Yeah. <laughs> um, but then at some point, like, there's other plot stuff going on, but I'm just going to talk about the nasty stuff. Uh, and so, like, a different priest is brought in, because, so she wants that main priest dude to come to the convent to be the confess, to, like, listen to confession. Sure. Um, but it, it turns out to be a different dude, and she is, like, fuck. Yeah, she's, like, what the fuck? No. And then, so she starts kind of, like, she kind of, like, starts losing it, um, and they're, like, oh my god, she's possessed. Like, she has to, like, have the demon in her and whatever. I'm gonna stop you for one second to just clarify. She's so horny for that one priest that she, like, kind of goes crazy that he doesn't come to her church. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Um, and then, so, then, yeah, they bring in this other priest who's supposed to be, like, an expert at exorcisms, but he looks like a beetle. Like, he, like a, like, like like a bowl cut. Yeah, like, the glasses. Like, it's weird. Um, but they bring her in and they start, like, trying to exercise her. But the way that they do it is, like, super fucked up. And they, like, give her, like, an enema to, Ooh. like, try and, like, clean her out of, like, the demon. <laughs> and, like, do all this other stuff that's, like, very sexual and, like, are they are assaulting her. Um, and then while this is happening, all of the other nuns also start losing it. And they start having, like, a huge orgy in the middle of the church. Like, there's this one where, like, one clip that I saw in the review of this she's like it's like a really tall kind of wide pillar candle and she's just up against it like her legs kind of wrapped around it and she's just like going up and down Grinding like rubbing on it, it. Yeah, yeah like this lit candle and then all this other stuff and then this one particular part that is cut in like most of the the scenes the nuns take down a large statue of a crucified Jesus and essentially bring him into the orgy, and they all start like touching on it and rubbing themselves on okay. it. Um, and so obvi- and that scene is twenty minutes long. The orgy scene is twenty minutes of this fucking movie, giving new meaning to nuns being married to Christ and their like dedication. Uh, yeah, yeah. And then a whole bunch of other shit happens. That main dude that the nun was obsessed with like ends up getting killed or something. Um, and they give her a piece of his bone, um, like a leg bone. And okay. so it's like, it looks like a dick because it's like the end of the bone that is like oh, the balls and yeah. like that. And then she starts masturbating with it. And that's what ends the movie. Um, fucking can't. So this is a five out of ten. It's a five out of ten. <laughs> the devils of just a real blasphemous sex orgy, none bone fucking. It's a 5 out of 10, and 4 of the 5 points came from just the nun horniness. Yeah, literally. And, like, there's, like, other plots. So there's, like, one part that was, like, kind of funny. Is, like, they're still trying to exercise this woman. And then the King Louis dude comes in, and he's like, I have a relic. God's relic. And, like, blah, 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 blah. This will save her. And so the priest takes it and puts it up to her and, like, says his magic words. And then, <laughs> his incantations. Um, and then she's like, oh, my God, I'm cured. And he's like, see, we've done it. And then King Louis opens the little box that he brought, and it's empty. 
and so he just basically like proved that it's like oh this is bullshit and you know it's bullshit <laughs> um and then she starts laughing too because she's like haha i got like they were just like pulling a prank and then he just like leaves he like bounces so he just came <laughs> in like, to do that <laughs> um also he was he got like carried in on this big couch so he just comes in and like i have this box god's a relic haha jk it's empty and then leaves bye <laughs> and it's very like flamboyant and it's like funny um but yeah i mean five out of ten it was fine five out of ten nasty okay uh, and then we both have sevens, right? I have a six. I have a six. That's what I meant. Also a six. <laughs> um, so my six is Human Centipede 2. Um, I watched this one. Yeah, I, I purchased IFC um, streaming service to watch it. Um, my notes on this were just like, why is this guy so nasty? He is nasty. He's like... nasty. Like, as a person, like... I don't know the actor. Like, I hope the actor's not this nasty. I'm sure he's not. Like, he's acting for this movie. No, Obvi, but, but... But the way he, like... He's... Okay, I'm sweaty, but this man's damp. This... Yes. This man is so fucking sweaty. Bullet point number two is, how sweaty is he? <laughs> and then just, sweaty men are gross. TBH. Parentheses uh, Martin. So parentheses Martin. So this guy's name is Martin. Um, Human Centipede 2 is... 2011 it's also explicitly marked as an exploitation horror film um written directed and produced by tom six who did the first human mm -hmm. centipede um so this basically takes place in a basically an our universe where like mm -hmm. we know that human centipede is a movie yeah um martin also knows it's a movie and he's like obsessed yeah. with it like watches it on repeat um, and he becomes obsessed with the idea of, like, creating his own centipede mm -hmm. to consist of 12 people, including um, Ashlyn Yenny, who's the actress from the first movie. Yeah. yeah. Um, so he, he, like, you kind of feel bad for Martin, like, a little bit because mm -hmm. he's, like, you're supposed to know that he's, like, um, he has a developmental disability mm -hmm. Um, and, like, he was sexually abused by his dad, and, like, his mom's a bitch, mm -hmm. um, and is like, it's your fault, your daddy's in prison. Yeah. Like, obviously, because he, like... He's a child. Raped him as a yeah. child? Yeah, yeah. Um, but bullet point number three is fucking sheetless bed. Not important to the plot at all, but this man just sleeps in a on a mattress straight up. Yeah. No sheets. That's nasty. And with how much he sweats... Uh! He could he probably sit down in some moisture just like it just goes really. <laughs> he has like a human centipede scrapbook and like the first page. I this is fucking hilarious, honestly. <laughs> honestly, I might not even rank this as high as a six because it's so fucking funny. The first page of his scrapbook has like the tagline from the original human centipede, which is one hundred percent medically accurate. <laughs> um, and if you haven't seen the first set of a human centipede, it's just people connected ass to mouth. Ass to mouth. In a line. Um, so. My other bullet point is Martin is TBH. The grossest part of this movie, aside from the graphic yeah. sex rape scene. I was going to say sex, but it wasn't sex. It's rape. Yeah. Um, he's just a very sweaty, nasty man. He yeah. masturbates <gasps> with sandpaper, uh, sandpaper mm -hmm. while watching the human centipede. Um, Talk about ch chafing, am I right? <laughs> but, um, um, so he, like, collects all these people. He works at, like, a, a parking garage in his apartment complex or whatever. 
and he like collects people from the parking garage like he collects a couple um who's like just one very belligerent man and his girlfriend um and then he collects a couple that's like a married couple but he leaves their son in the car uh but the woman is pregnant and he collects some girls who like catch him masturbating mm-hmm. and just like a collection of random people and he like poses as Quentin Tarantino yeah. to get the actress to come to like quote unquote audition for his film oh. or whatever and that's how he gets her there um and then the rest of the film is just kind of him like torturing and assembling his yeah. centipede um he like knocks her teeth out with a hammer teeth don't break that way they like <laughs> fall out like perfect chiclets instead of like cracking i thought that was funny too <laughs> Um, the acting is not great overall mm-hmm. in this movie. The hands down nastiest fucking part of this movie is the amount of shit. Oh, there's so there's much shit so much movie. shit, and the whole movie is in black and white, except for the shit. It's an artistic choice that should not have been made. It, it should not have been made, and I, it left me questioning: Does Tom Six have a shit fetish? I'm gonna say yes because it it plays just such a prominent role in both in all of the movies. There's three of them. Because like the whole thing is that he's trying to connect the the digestive, digestive system. system or whatever. Yeah. So and like he... in Human Centipede One, I don't remember the shit. I mean, I remember the shit being a part of it because obviously, like yeah. once the one eats and shits, the yeah. second one eats shit. But like in this one, he like explicitly gives them huge doses of like laxatives laxatives and there's explosive fucking diarrhea pooling out from their mouths yeah it's um second nastiest part is the pregnant woman like gives birth in like a panic while she's like trying to escape and like crushes the newborn baby's skull under the gas pedal giving birth works but yeah so she's like sitting in the driver's seat and like the baby just like slides, slides out, out yeah and it gets stuck under there and she's like well and then just, it just slams on it uh yeah that was one of my bullet points was certainly not how women give birth <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah a six out of ten nasty yeah. yeah i knocked some points off for it being ridiculously funny <laughs> yeah like at this point i think like the first one came out and it was just kind of like oh my god like people are shocked by it and then it got kind of funny, and then they came up with the second one, and then people didn't think it was as gross for as long, yeah. and they just thought it was funny again. Because um, the third one is conducted, like, at a prison, and it's, like, almost, like, 20 or more people. I haven't seen that one. I haven't seen the third uh, one either. But it's essentially just the same movie. They just keep adding more people to this movie. <laughs> um, gross. Okay. Yeah. So this one, my 6 out of 10. Um... The nastiness is more given, there's this, like, one creature that's in it, but this one's actually kind of, like, an artsy movie, and it's, like, deep. Uh, it's Possession, 1981. It's deep. It's deep. Um, and also the nastiness, just because, like, men are awful. Yeah, that's fair. Um, just kidding, she's also very fucked up, the main character. <laughs> but, um, so, yeah, its distribution was banned, it wasn't, like, prosecuted and things like that. But for its American release, it got cut down to only 81 minutes. And so that took away so much of the plot and deeper meaning and just kind of turned it into like a weird body horror film, which is like why people think it's grosser than it is. Because essentially like the plot is that it's this woman and her husband is like a spy. And so he comes home and she's like, I want a divorce. And he's like, no. And like, it's just essentially about like a marriage breaking down. And she, she is like gradually just like losing her mind throughout the movie and 
she has like the weird sex with this like tentacle monster kind of thing uh which is gross and it becomes a clone of her husband um okay so it's like a doppelganger and then also he finds like a doppelganger of her um and it's the same actress so it's like the same person except right. like her eyes are a different color i think um but it's about like the dissolving marriage and it's just like them fighting and like her there's like this one scene where she's in like uh i don't know if you've like maybe seen clips of it in like this blue dress and like throws her groceries around and she's just like weirdly like dancing <laughs> but like throwing her like she's like wet from something okay. and like, her hair is like and she's just, like going everywhere it looks like she's like on drugs and like dancing but she's just, like throwing herself around and like screaming and like doing all this stuff and so it's just like kind of unnerving to watch um but if you like read the video i watched that was like not as much a summary of the movie but it was more just like an analysis of it kind of made it make more sense in like how things are portrayed and like what like there is actual thought put into this and like if you actually watch it is like right. more than just it's uh, not just 81 minutes it, of straight nastiness. Right, right. um and so it was actually like pretty good i the nasty again is like that weird tentacle monster is just fucking disgusting uh, but there's also some people depending on how you watch it um some people think it's just something that's in her head because she is kind of like losing touch with reality and things like that right um and it isn't so much a like physical actual thing as much as it is like a manifestation of like what she's going through right um but for me too i guess it was like not nasty but just like the way she starts to like slowly fall apart up until the end of the movie is really fucked up um but there are scenes she does like kill a few people um just a few casual murders um she like stabs a guy with like a bottle like a broken bottle and like a bunch of other shit but uh yeah, it was mostly that monster at the end. Um, it's actually a really good movie. I want to go back and, like, watch it in a full... Um, the full version of it? Yeah. Because uh, it actually seems kind of cool. Also, yeah. It's pretty good. Cool. Six out of ten essays. Mm-hmm. So then these two are the final two movies, and there are our nastiest films. Nastiest. Yeah, I think I'm actually going to bump mine up one. Oh, you What I originally did, because I originally gave it an eight. But okay. I think I'm going to give it a nine. Okay. So we might we might get like some legitimate nasty. I was gonna say our highest nasty is eight out of ten, which is like, is that an indictment on us or an indictment on like the sensibilities yeah. of people who censor movies? <laughs> um, so my highest rated film then is Guinea Pig. Um, this is a 1985 Japanese exploitation horror film. Uh, this is a film series, um, like the other Japanese one that I watched, Grotesque. Mm-hmm. Jap, their film series. Um, this one is filmed in like a found footage style and there's like text on the screen that explicitly says that this is quote-unquote real footage mm-hmm. and like you're meant to believe that this is real um apparently like the background of it is is that someone found these films and like sent them to the director of this film and says that there was like notes indicating that this was intended as an experiment on the human body's tolerance to pain mm-hmm. um but it's it's broken down into several parts, but the premise is basically that there's this woman that's been kidnapped and there's a, a group of male assailants. Natch, men are nasty. Mm-hmm. Um, so the first two parts uh, are are pretty mild. I was kind of surprised mm-hmm. by how mild they were. The yeah. first the first part is called punch or hit, depending on the translation. And the second one is kick. And it's basically just, I mean, as described, the men are 
punching or hitting the woman and then the second part they are kicking the woman um which is like hard to watch like the woman being like physically beaten assaulted but like as far as like nasty things go it's not that awful um claw is the third part I think this was the nastiest part for me. I mean, from here on out, it's pretty nasty, period. Mm-hmm. Um, but in Claw, they take, like, these pliers. And they, like, twist various parts of her Ooh. body. So they, like, get the knuckle of, like, her finger, like, where your yeah. finger, like, bends. They get the knuckle and, like, separate it from the bone and twist it in her skin. Ooh. That was visually not cool. <laughs> That was kind of nasty. Not cool. Visually not cool. Uh, and they like twist her arm, like they, they twist, they like take a, a pinch of her flesh with the pliers Ooh. and like twist her arm flesh and like that kind of stuff. Um, my bullet point says claw is pretty gross though. <laughs> Why would they call that claw? I think it's a mistranslation because oh, okay. it's that's... it's translated from the Japanese yeah. to the English. Um, because it, it was like they called it claw slash twist, which yeah. twist makes twist more sense. Yeah. yeah, but it's probably like the direct word is right claw. Um, the next part after that is unconscious. So like, she's unconscious, and like while she's unconscious and like barely regaining consciousness, they tie her to this chair and like spin her around a hundred times, and then they force her to drink like this huge handle of alcohol. Oh. Um, and then spin her again Ooh. for another hundred times. Um, and that is just a lot of vomiting. Ew, yeah. Um, which vomiting is nasty, period. Um, that one's not as, like, visually difficult to watch, I guess. Like, unless you're very sensitive to bodily fluids. Mm-hmm. Um, the next part after that is sound. This one is, like, not visually nasty, I guess, but more, like, theoretically nasty, is they play this sound that they say they call it like a white noise sound, but it's basically like it sounds to me like a dial-up internet screech, mm. and they like force these headphones on her and like tape them onto her head, mm. and play this sound like as loud as they can play it for five hours, oh. and then at that point she's like screaming and like trying to rip them off, and then you see a ten-hour mark, and then finally at the twenty-hour mark. Like, you're supposed to believe that, like, her brain's been, like, scrambled. Right. Which, like, it probably would be after that yeah. long. But she's just, like, unresponsive and drooling. Mm-hmm. Um, this part, besides Twist, I felt like this part was also one of the nastiest parts. It's called Skin. Um, I really don't like it. She gets tied down, and she's, like, still kind of unresponsive after sound. And they, like, start pulling her fingernails mm. off with pliers mm. anything that's like pulling fingernails off i can't handle no. it um that's pretty short but these it moves very quickly i don't i didn't see how long it was but i don't think it's a very long movie the next one is burn um so they burn her with like 150 degree oil on her arm and then they get 300 degree oil and burn oh. the same spot on her arm and then we move into worm which is like they have this bowl full of maggots and they like drop it on her burn wound and then they drop them all over her body um after that is guts which like you kind of are afraid that they're like gonna like pull out her guts but they really are just like throwing guts at her (laughs) whose guts i 
animal guts, I think, actually, but just, like, intestines and, like, stomachs and livers and shit. They're just, like, fucking beating her with them, like, throwing them. Um, this one, this, what happens after that is, like, they cut her hand open and it gets crushed by a hammer. That's not really a part. They just do that. Um, and then the last part is needle and she's bound and then they pin a needle through her eye. So like from this side, they go all the way out through her eye and it like kind of like pull it out a little bit. It ends with her dead in the net. Um, so this one is, this one was billed as like a quote unquote faux snuff film. Um, and then, yeah, like I said, nasty meter eight out of ten. The home, woman. <laughs> the homemade quality of it, like the found footage aspect of it, is kind of makes me feel like yikes. Mm-hmm. Uh, the fingernail stuff is gross. The, yeah, it's just it's nasty. <laughs> That's unfortunate. Yeah. Oh, I hated that. <laughs> um, I'm excited for your nine out of ten now. Yeah. Yeah, so I did move this up just because I think in the other ones, since it, there wasn't too much in regard to, like, why they were banned, um, I just, like, only rank them for, like, the in-movie nastiness. Uh, but this one actually has a lot of, like, real-life Real-world nastiness. Yeah. Um, so the director of it, so this is, like, an Italian film. The director is uh, Ruggiero Diodato. Um, and he was charged with obscenity in Italy from the film and also animal cruelty. So the way that he, this film was sort of presented to, um, he got taken to court and he had to bring the actors and they had to testify that they were still alive because they were so concerned that he actually killed somebody. Um, because he kind of, he kind of just like told them to like keep quiet and to try not to like be too public try about not stuff. to be publicly seen yeah um and so like they had to go and be like i'm you know I'm <laughs> i am alive um, and an actor yes and so and then the animal cruelty is because there were real life animals murdered on camera no. um and they're included so i watched so for this one i, I watched spooky rice again um he included the and he like in the if you do watch his film on his film his video on youtube <laughs> he does like give warnings before he shows the the clips the animal stuff um yeah. so you don't actually have to see it but i saw it um so he killed a turtle like they kill a turtle they pull a sea turtle out of a river and like cut its head off and then like rip its shell like open and like, you see its insides and they're like weirdly liquidy um and like i know like people eat turtles like and like a lot of the animals that they kill here um, because they kill a snake, like they behead a snake. Yeah. Because in the film, the snake bites someone and like they die or whatever. Um, and like the other animals that they killed, they are animals that like are eaten by people. It's just the fact that they were killed, killed on for, camera, killed on camera, and just for a film. Yeah. Um, I for don't the believe shock they, value. Exactly. Um, and then so there's one scene where like a monkey is killed on. It's like a little. I don't remember what they call it, like a Reese, not a Reese's monkey, a different, but it's like small. Yeah, tiny little baby a little monkey. Um, but they actually reshot that scene twice, so they killed two monkeys, but they only included one in the shot. Oh. And I just like, like, obviously if I was a monkey, I wouldn't care. But if I was killed for a movie and then I wasn't in the movie. Fucking spit on their grave, horrible. that poor monkey. It's so sad. Um, but so... The plot of the film, essentially, is that there is this professor, 
Um, and he is like investigating the disappearance of four filmmakers um, who went missing after they were going to make documentaries about um, cannibalistic indigenous tribes in South America. Ooh, so um, kind of like problematic it's, though. Oh, no, that, again, that's why the nastiness meter got taken up. <laughs> Um, so they call the area the Green Inferno, and there is a sequel later on. It's called Green Inferno. Green Inferno. Um, that's also by Eli Roth, isn't it? He remade a Green Inferno movie with. I I don't know. Um, but yeah, so he so the professor is like trying to go out and find them, and then he meets meets up with like this military like paramilitary group that's down there, um, like fighting against the indigenous people for I don't know fucking why, um, and so they end up, um. Like, in between a war between two of the tribes, like, they're just, like, fighting each other, um, and then they get kind of dragged into it, and then, but they get on the, the good side of one of the tribes, and the, so the tribe leaves them, leads them to the bodies of the four dead filmmakers and, like, all of the film reels that they had, um, and so they exchanged it for this, the professor had a tape recorder that had, like, music on it, and so he exchanged it, um, and so then in movie it goes back to the professor meeting with like movie execs and the execs want to make a film out of the tapes he found um and so it's a movie within a movie at this point because then you're watching like the film reel right of the people i um, did confirm green inferno was a 2013 movie by eli roth Jesus so eli roth is just he deserves his own nasty meter yeah he does oh i did not realize that um yeah and so the four filmmakers are genuinely like awful people and uh tbh deserved what they got um because they were essentially going around to different like asian african and south american countries specifically to go like essentially like exploit the indigenous people of all those areas and were like filming like Film. only the violent parts of like what they were the seeing quote-unquote savages yeah exactly um and so when they get to south america and they see like one of the tribes they engage they like scare them and they there's one scene where they put all of the the like indigenous people in a like hut thing and set it on fire and um IRL the director of the actual cannibal holocaust movie did that to the actors Jesus. and so they were actually in like the thing and like um they didn't report that someone got hurt, but, like, I'm sure, you know... They Somebody probably got um, hurt under the yeah, table. Yeah, and so... And then they started doing, like... Like, the filmmakers, they chase and attack and then, like, gang rape a indigenous woman <sighs> who then is killed by, like, her people because they... I don't know. Because, <laughs> like, obviously they were trying to portray this tribe as being, like, this absolute, like, monsters. And, right. Like, all this stuff and, like, all they... Um, they're so simple-minded, and they do the da-da-da, and it's like, oh, it's for the weird gods, and, like, um, but they were, like, actively antagonizing them, and, like, um, just, like, doing awful things also to them to, like, get a reaction to film. Right. Um, but back in, like, with the professor, so he shows the execs, like, the film, and then after that, they're like, you need to destroy absolutely every single one of those tapes, and he's like, yup. <laughs> yup. Um, because, like, the professor he ended up sort of being more on the side of the indigenous people because he saw, like, oh, he, they were, like, provoking them. And, like, he was down there with them, too. Right. And, like, he saw how they were living. But I think he was, more, like, an anthropology professor or something. And he's like, but that's just, like, they're, you know, that's we just can't the judge way them, they like, be. all this yeah. stuff. And so, but what he wanted was to not let those films, like, go public. And so he did that. Hashtag he did that. Um, but, so, again, 
and the IRL like production of this. Um, so the only actors who are credited are the white people who have lines, um, and everybody else who is like the cannibals are their indigenous Colombian people. Oof. Um, and so like again, there was a scene where he like just made them go in the hut that he then set on fire so they could like fucking Hate film it. That. Um, and that there was actors that I think one other actor that was there like made a comment that he's like not he doesn't think they got paid like the, the, the and they were all considered actors. extras yeah and he's like as far as I know they were just getting lunch like they fed them and then that was it so they didn't get credited they never got paid for any of the Ugh. thing that they did and he and they still like and there was like miscommunications too in certain parts because like I'm sure he just like told them to do shit and they're just like okay mm-hmm. um and then put them in the movie um and again not credited um completely just like made them portray like such an awful stereotype of themselves and like their people that i'm sure that they weren't aware was happening right. um because it doesn't seem like he was the type of person who fucking cared if they you know knew or not um but also i guess around this time in like the 80s Mostly, like, specifically in Italy, it was, like, a huge wave of, like, cannibal, cannibal movies films. that were coming up that were all set in, like, South America. And it was these, like, oh, these indigenous tribes that don't have contact with people and they're crazy and they're going to eat you and, like, blah, blah, blah. Um, so they're just completely portrayed like that and it's not realistic at all. Very racist, like, really fucked up. Um, and so, you know, obviously played into a lot of the stereotypes. Um moving forward um and then i think the hand the green inferno one is like essentially like the same thing it's just like from the viewpoint of like it's just like oh no the white people are in danger oh no they're getting attacked yeah um i'm on the wikipedia page for the green inferno movie and i wanted to read this passage because um i think that this would it's fucking funny. God. Hilarious. It's and the whole movie itself is not funny. Uh what they did to like demonize native yeah. people is awful. But this specific passage in the movie without having seen it would probably make me fucking laugh out loud in theaters. So they're captured, they're prisoners, these white people. Um, Amy, who's a vegan, reluctantly eats meat because they're being force fed God. meat. Uh, and then notices that it happens to be like Samantha, who's one of the other people, because she, like, notices the tattoo on the skin. Um, so realizing that, Amy slashes her own throat and dies. And then Lars, one of the other guys, is, like, having this bright idea and stuffs a bunch of weed down Amy's throat so that when they cook her, the whole tribe gets high. Oh, my God. (laughs) Okay. It gets fucking more ridiculous. His plan works. And Justine and Daniel escape. Um, Alejandro, I don't know any of these people, he stays and not wishing to be left alone, tranquilizes Lars, and as Lars regains consciousness, the stoned tribe members are suffering from the munchies and they eat him alive. What the f- Oh my god. Fucking ridiculous. Wait, people are no longer allowed to make movies ever. What the fuck? Eli Roth specifically. Oh, Eli Roth. Get, get a new hobby, my guy. Like, get fucking help, man. God, uh, uh. Yeah, and so like, this is the one I think again, um, like visually too. I understand, like, because part of the court proceedings was he had to show the court how he did the effects for the movie, 
which I couldn't find because there are some that I'm like, like obviously like um, practical effects and stuff were a thing and like even in these older movies, but like right. for me, anytime it's like an older movie, it's harder for me to imagine how they would have done that without without actually doing like, it without actually doing it versus like now I'm just like oh it could have been CGI or it's like all this stuff, but when it's like stuff back then, especially because like in this one too, again like the quality of it is supposed to be a found footage kind of like all that shit. Um, but yeah, again, what happened to the filmmakers, I don't care. Like, good. They should have got killed. Right. Um, the professor, he was the only one that was kind of actually, like, he was like, I just want to find out, you know, where they are, like, try to find them. And he tracked them down, found out what happened. He's like, oh, okay. Um, he wasn't, like, he was obviously, like, sad that they died, but he's also just, like, after he saw what they did, because they, again, antagonized these people. They also. had it coming. Uh, yeah. And so he's like, oh, okay. <laughs> um, but yeah, but it's just, like, it's such... It is such a pervasive, like, stereotype of, like, indigenous people, um, not just in South America, but I know, like, Africa, Southeast Asia, South Asia. Anywhere that's not, like, predominantly white. white. Uh, even the white people, historically, the, the Europeans ate mummies, like, for a long-ass time. <laughs> and this is why... And they're trying why... to tell fucking... <sighs> this is why this episode specifically is coming out on Thanksgiving. <laughs> Fuck the colonizers. I forgot about that. Yes. Uh, yeah, we're, I don't celebrate Thanksgiving. My family never has because it's like very right. like, a, a U.S. thing. Um, but this year, I mean, we're like cooking dinner, I guess. Like we're purposely having dinner together, but that's yeah. about it. Uh, I refuse to celebrate anything that has to do with that man or those people coming to this country. <laughs> you know, those, those people. people. Um, but yeah, so I mean, also just like watching like... It just, like, pissed me off so hard of, like, uh, the fact that people do this all the time. And then I remembered that news story of, it was that, like, missionary. Oh, that white missionary yeah, guy. Yeah, like, trying to get like, on this trying island. Trying to convert who, them. Yeah, and, like, it was known that they're, like, they will, like, kill, like that's them They will fucking murder you. Yeah, they'll kill yeah. you. Like, they've expressed that they do not want, other, like, outsiders Rightfully on their so island. they'll murk you. Yeah. And he's, like, but God. And then they killed him. I was, like, all right, well. You were warned several times <laughs> by many people. Um, and it's just like, it's not our place to be like, oh, they're, the way that they're living is like really weird. These Shut poor the savages who are just trying to help them come <laughs> into the modern era. Yeah. Like, shut the fuck up. God, Leave people God alone. Stay in your fucking fuck lane. Off. I hate white people. <laughs> anyway. Not all white people. Not I white have people. white friends. I'm but... white. I guess. <laughs> but like, you know, I can say it. Uh, but I'm not like, white white i'm not anglo i'm not anglo-saxon white no it's uh that one just like it pissed me off so bad and i was just like yeah it's gory and like um obviously the thing that they did that they depict but the fact that like for me it made it more horrifying that it was also like against like the indigenous against people and like indigenous tribes yeah and then thinking about how if at all they communicated to the people like what they were doing yeah this which... is an exploitation film in a different way and the, exactly. these people's lack of yes. you know understanding of the language or right, whatever right. they were exploited yeah, into they being were exploited. in this film yes exactly and then like it's it's become one of those like movies that people like oh we, we need to go watch it because it's so you know that's so scary it's scary or it's like i don't know people want to be like edgy and shit yeah. and then it just keeps feeding into this like harmful stereotype yeah. of like indigenous cultures being yeah like, especially like way. nowadays and so it's just uh, it riled me the fuck up <laughs> rightfully so yeah but 
So yeah, so that was one of the movies where I'm just like, you know what? Yeah, ban that fucking movie. Ban no that fucking movie it. in particular. Um, Eli Roth, get some help. <laughs> Eli Roth, my dude. He, I, I don't know what he looks like. Hold up. He's, he was in Inglorious Bastards. Oh, I guess he also acts. He's like vaguely handsome. In like a white man way. He was an inglorious man. Okay. Yeah, he's the the bear Jew. Yeah, damn it. I know. I into it's, him. It's, it sucks because I I kind of like inglorious bastards, yeah. even though I'm like bordering on whether I like Quentin Tarantino or not. Yeah, I just fuck. I'm upset. Yeah, I I mean, yeah, I was gonna say maybe personally he's different, but like it doesn't matter because he put his time and effort into making this movie that fucking sucks. Yeah. But. Um, yeah, he's. I guess he's like a big horror guy because he's he got is, quite yeah. a few horror films. That, um, yeah, I mean, Hostel, Hostel Two, Cabin Fever. His father was a psychoanalyst, psychiatrist, and clinical professor. Fucking get help from your dad, Eli Roth. He's from Massachusetts. Oh, we're just the, we're just Eli, the Eli Roth Wikipedia page reading it out. He watched Alien and vomited after, and then decided Fucking he wanted pussy. to make movies. <laughs> Alien's not even like nasty. Not bad. Um. Oh, his wife's Chilean though. We might have to add Eli Roth to our ooh, list of topics. I'm say, so sorry. Did you say ooh he's cute? She's or his cute. Wife? His wife, Lorenza Iso. Yeah. His ex-wife. They got divorced <gasps> in 2018. Girl, oh my god okay sorry i on his so like when you google it and on the side it has like the little like links to everything yeah um so it says height six feet in quotations same as james gunn what? <laughs> what the fuck? why is that why is that in quotations i don't know same as james gunn same okay james gunn all right oh and then if you click on james gunn it says height six feet same as todd phillips what the fuck they're, they're just like lining up six these feet, same as alfonso Oh my god, he's Mexican. I can't say his fucking last name. And then we're back at Todd Phillips again. And then it goes in a circle. Why all these six men that are six feet? Anyway, we need to stop this. Also something that's not important. One more thing. Um, On Eli Roth's page, it said that he got divorced in 2018. On Lorenzo Iso's page, it says divorce 2019. Wikipedia. Fucking work on it. I'm not yeah. donating until you correct this. God. Okay. I think we should end by giving this episode a nasty rate. Nasty meter on this episode. Okay. Out of 10. How nasty was this episode? Um, we did both burp a lot. <laughs> we both burped a lot at the beginning. Uh, I've been I, sniffling. I dropped my mic at one point. I think you probably heard me slurping my yeah, ice cream tea. Yeah, I've Seven and a half. Yeah, I'm going to give this a, se- a solid seven nasty solid meter. Seven. Okay. Let um, us know what you think. If- our unpreparedness also adds to the nasty meter. <laughs> um, so, yeah, solid seven nasty. Um, again, fun game for you listeners at home, all like five of you. Uh, count up the nasties. Tell count us how many nasties. times we said nasty in this episode. A nasty meter, but it's like those videos where it's like ding, 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 ding. I'm not going to have the editing to do that. So someone do it for me. <laughs> someone, Someone do it for us. Uh, so follow us on social media. We're at Maze of Horror on Twitter and Instagram. 
if you want to send us an email, if you have suggestions for topics, what you want to hear from us next, you can email at mazeofhorror at gmail.com. You should be hearing this episode on Thanksgiving. I expect you guys to listen to it Thanksgiving yes. Day. Anglo-Saxon yeah. listeners, play it for your families. <laughs> and then contemplate. And then think about the your actions. So until next time, uh, don't get lost in the maze and stay away from... Eli Roth. Eli Roth. <laughs> Stay away from me. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay.